Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name's Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? Well, doing okay, Dalton, but uh, sorry to say, but I don't know if you noticed. I trimmed my beard a little bit. I did notice that, bro. I did. It's looking good. I like it when it's like that, to be honest. Like the fresh... Do you? Yeah, like the, the, the nicely trimmed whale beard, to me, is like on point not that i don't like when it gets a little savage and it gets down to like <laughs> viking status like i feel like if you're about to go lift a massive amount of weight i want viking sized beard <laughs> but if you're just like you know day to day i want the the sleek will beard this is the sleek will beard but you know what Dalton? you're just like uh just like my fiance yeah (laughs) yeah congratulations man thank you appreciate it that's exciting yeah it is (laughs) i'm happy for you guys if the listeners didn't don't follow you on instagram will proposed to his girlfriend now fiance and she she did say yes and and i will tell you at the moment he had the sleek will beard so i think it's got (laughs) i think it's got something to do with that entirely to do with that oh man dude i don't know about you but did you guys get hit with some snow up there very very little amount of snow oh man we got crushed crazy though man like even with the small amount of snow that we got so many car accidents oh yeah 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 people it's like people forget like what snow is and then they forget how to drive and then it's just like it's game over it's like the apocalypse out there (laughs) dude we got hit with like 30 centimeters 30 centimeters yeah how many many cancellations do you get there (laughs) (laughs) yeah and well if you saw that if you saw nick's story he's like oh i saw that (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're we're eating craft dinner for a little bit but you know what it's okay (laughs) oh man um What's going on, guys? We're going to dive in today to just like have a little conversation between me and Will. I think it's been um, a bit since we've kind of talked, just me and him, actually. So we're going to just co- cover a couple things. Uh, I think we're going to talk about, you know, our interview with AeroPress. We're going to talk about Will's powerlifting competition. We're going to talk about um, us participating in the 24 Hours of Heroes event and then maybe talk about some clinical stuff. So let's let's kick it off with the with the AeroPress interview. Um, <laughs> how how is the AeroPress go? Well, do you like it, dude? I I gotta be honest, I love it. Like, I was a little unsure just because, like, the AeroPress is already good for traveling with, you know, just by the nature of it. But what I do like is that it all folds up into the cup. So like I can pack everything I need for a busy day in there and just take it to work. And it's no, like, like it just goes in my pocket in my coat and then I head out. 
I yeah. love that. Yeah, the, it's so easy to bring around. Like they, they definitely got that right with that. Because like the AeroPress, again, you're right, small. And like you could get that little traveling case, right? Where you just kind of shove everything into it and you bring it along, which is like fine. But this is just so much better. Like you got your cup, you got your stir stick, you got your, you got your, measuring, your measuring spoon, you got your filters, you got a cup. Like, dude, I know. you got your AeroPress, you're ready to go. It's, it's nice. And I think we talked about this before. The smaller size of the press does not change the taste of the coffee at all. Like the way that it, that it, that it compares to the other AeroPress. The funny thing about the AeroPress too is like when uh, I'm at work and everybody sees it, everybody's like, what the heck is that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, just you wait. And I like start busting it out and everybody gets so into it. I feel like it's one of those things that people just see it and they automatically are like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I think we need to like get AeroPress into the, into the physiotherapy world man it's so, like i know i know you guys are out there and you love your coffee the aeropress go is the ultimate way to make your coffee like in the clinic like it's so it's so intuitive man it's it's easy it, it takes up little space all you need is hot water and you got like a really good cup of coffee like no more keurig no more keurig machines okay <laughs> <laughs> no more of the old drip coffee out of those the old machines like let's let's get the aeropress go into the clinics man <laughs> step your game up <laughs> yeah oh, just need that sponsorship deal from aeropress come on <laughs> <laughs> no but it was it was really cool to uh to sit down and, and talk with uh with lisa i think it was it was full circle for us man like we when we started obviously it started around coffee you got me into the aeropress um, we always kind of made like a joke that it would be so awesome to, to sit down and like talk to someone from AeroPress and, and, and eventually we made it happen. So I think, I think that's cool. And, and that kind of comes back to like the reason why we did this podcast and what we keep discovering is like, if you have something that you want to do, or you have like something you enjoy or you want to pursue and you want to talk to certain people, like don't count that out because you never know what's going to happen in like this platform that we created, you know, talking to people eventually allowed us to bring what we thought was kind of like a joke to like fruition. And, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. I think that's been a really rewarding part of the podcast, you know, is just to, you know, expand the types of people that we get to kind of chat with, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I think, I think we got to make a new one, you know, a new person that we got to reach out to at some point. So I'm putting it out there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I don't know. I don't even know what's going to come here. The next guy we got to get on the uh, podcast is uh, none other than half Thor Bjornsson. <laughs> so when we get him on, you know, we'll be able to reflect back on this podcast. <laughs> I'm on board, man. There we go. Oh man. That's great. Um, yeah, let's let's transition into into you picking up a lot of weight from the ground not that long ago at your uh, <laughs> at your powerlifting competition, your second ever powerlifting competition. That's right, and I actually did it with uh, one of our podcast guests, Jared Maynard. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Who he ended up winning, right? Winning his his weight class, which is which is cool. Yeah, he did really good, which 
was hilarious because after the uh, competition, they were like announcing, you know, the winners and he had no clue that he actually won. <laughs> and so we're like, Hey Jared, you, uh, you won your weight class. And he's like, what? I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like classic Jared, you know, he's so humble and uh, modest and, but he totally crushed it. He, uh, he, he had a big thing on his bench press where he, his feet were sliding. And uh, then our coach, Andrew, really helped him with like figuring that situation out. So he missed his second lift and then came back and hit his uh, third lift, which was, which was, I thought, you know, like showed a lot of kind of character. And like, for him, I know that was a lot of growth uh, to kind of, not panic and not get super anxious about like missing that uh, second attempt. Mm -hmm. Um, So super proud. It was awesome to get to go. Also awesome to have uh, another, none other than Dalton Leno watching the whole competition. (laughs) Yeah, man, that was my first ever powerlifting experience. It was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. What'd you think? It was, it was, it was, it's hard to put it into words because it was like crazy to see, um, the the variability in like size of people um you know like you would have these lighter weight classes that would be lifting weights that are like super heavy like you would think like how is this person you know pushing this bar and then you would see like some man that is just a giant like bigger than like anyone i've ever seen you know and they're just like the amount of weight that they're, they're moving is crazy. And it kind of just reminded me of how like adaptable the body is like that. If you just kind of gradually put that stress to the system, like how your body's going to adapt to it. So it was really cool um, to see that. Like I've never seen like some dude pulled over like 600 pounds. Like I've never seen anyone pull over 600 pounds before. So like, it was kind of cool to, to see some of that, like the intensity that it, that it takes. Um, the other thing that was really interesting to me was just the the physiotherapist in me, like the <laughs> difference in styles. Like there was some, and, mm. and that just again reminded me like no one's going to have that perfect, perfect air quotes squat, you know, or deadlift or bench. Like some guys would come up there and squat super narrow and some guys would come up there and be really wide. The body sizes would dip. like some guys had long legs, some guys had short legs. Like there was so much difference in style and body like types. But in the end, like the amount of weight that these guys were moving was was incredible. And you know, it, it didn't matter kind of what position they were in. Like they would probably have been training in that position for however long, and they kind of adapt. They not kind of they did adapt to it, and it was interesting to see that. Yeah, totally. It's like amazing how much variability there is in the human movement. Even, even if in like powerlifting is only three lifts, it's squat, bench, and deadlift, and they're pretty. Um, you know, like it's it's not like we're doing a snatch here. You know, like it's pretty simple in terms of like complexity of uh, movement and that type of thing. But even within that, there's so many degrees of freedom. There's so many different ways, just subtle things, like you said, like the stance or like, just like how your, uh, anatomical, um, you know, lengths and stuff kind of play into like how you move. 
But the other thing that we talked about, we actually talked about it before the competition, is uh, how not only do everybody differ in like the more of the biomechanics, but also like the psychological aspect of, uh, you know, preparing to go up and do your lift. And I think that's like, you can see the difference right there with me and Jared, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. Jared is, I would, I would categorize him as like level five hype city. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. he's, <laughs> For sure. I don't, I don't know if he expected that, but that dude, like he gets so fired up before his lift. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm more like kind of just calm focus. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, despite my length of beard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's interesting too. Yeah. The, me- the mental side of the things is something that I-, I thought would be interesting because, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure to like walk up there, like in front of everyone's just you and the bar, man. So like that must, that mental battle must be, must be challenging. Um, especially when you're, when you're, pushing yourself to lift these weights, like in a competition, right? Like you're going to the edge of your, your abilities. Like I know you hit a couple like big lifts for yourself that were like PRs, you know, like you're, you're walking out there, you know, not really knowing what's going to happen with the, with the lift. Like obviously you have a plan and you're visualizing it and you, and you want to execute on it, but you don't really know what's going to go down. And, and I think that's what makes power, powerlifting or any individual competition in that sense. So, um, I would say special. I mean, I've never experienced it cause I've always been in team sport, but it must be special to just like, it's just you, man. And you, it's you in the bar and you, and you got to do something with it. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool to, to watch that as well. Yeah. I think that's what makes the competition aspect of it. So unique, mm-hmm. you know, like, but like, and don't get me wrong. Like you can just train and it's fun. Uh, and you're going to, learn a lot about yourself just exercising and just lifting weights and uh even just whatever it is you do if you like run but there's a different thing that happens when you go in a competition that just makes it that much that that much more rewarding i think you know uh i would recommend it for anybody um just it's just a character building thing you know where you get out there and yeah, you have to manage that anxiety and you have to uh, stay focused even though it's like high intensity and maybe there's a lot on the line, I think personally, mm-hmm. you know, because you've been training for so long. So you have to quiet those inner voices that are telling you you can't do it. Yeah. And you have to, you know, uh, go out there and execute. And I think you gain a lot from that. For sure. Um yeah, just to kind of put a wrap on on this, like what this being your second um, competition, like what was maybe a couple learning takeaways that you took from it, whether it be just like about yourself or or just the the specifics about the the deadlift squat or bench. Well, I've learned I got to work on my bench press. <laughs> Yo, your bench press was good though. Like I know it. I know it's like your your weakest point, but like. I was, I was, I know you were happy with like what you got. I thought it was pretty good. I think you had a little more in you, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I think so too, but I, I I don't know if I, 
took away anything like huge um, other than I just sort of reaffirm that, reaffirm that this is what I want to do and keep working on. Uh, I think my goals have kind of shifted like after the competition, just a little bit. Um, but I think that's, what's cool about it is like, you know, there's so much to learn, uh, just personally going through the training process. Um, and it just kind of, yeah, reaffirmed that I want to continue to do it and develop in the sport and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. And just another added, like, just more uh, competition experience probably, right? Like getting used with getting used to like what it, what the, what the process is like a long day. Cause it was a long day for you. How to, how to navigate that. Like those, those kind of little things that like earn confidence is what I would call it. You know, like now as you go in to the next couple of events, you know, you'll have a little more confidence in yourself with certain things because you kind of went through that and the other competition. So I think that's always good to, to build, to build on. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I missed the lift for the first time. Yeah. So that was a big thing, right? Just like, how do I, how am I going to deal with that uh, going forward? I think it's good to, to, it's good to be perfectly successful, but it's also important to fail sometimes. And mm-hmm. learn because, from that. One more question before we, we transition away, because that triggers something. It's like, do you think, because I know we talked about that before that you hadn't failed the lift before even in training um do you think that you're gonna in training now going forward maybe toe the line of like pushing for things that may actually lead to failure or is that are you just going to kind of keep steady with the way that you were going before uh i i don't know if i'll change too much because the reality is like it's so hard to push yourself to that limit just because you just get tired you know so you have to you have to kind of rewind a little bit and then build up to that. Um, but I think, yeah, like the, the thing was, is like my, my squat, uh, increased, um, so much that it was like, I didn't know where my limit was. You know what I mean? So I think that's something where like, maybe I'll push that specific lift a little bit higher to hit that, to get closer to that limit makes sense yeah and that's a takeaway right that's a learning experience from the from the meet totally. cool man yeah it's awesome it was fun to watch man it was fun to watch yeah i'm glad you got to come um transitioning from powerlifting to crossfit-esque type workouts <laughs> how are you feeling leading into uh the 24 hours of heroes event that is like a week from probably when this podcast will go out well i saw you put out the voting and i gotta admit i was getting uh some anxiety looking at those workouts so is that so am i dude <laughs> yeah how are you feeling about it I'm, I'm excited. Like, I think it's going to be, it's going to be great. Like you, we did it last year. We did one workout last year and, and the, the environment was super fun. Um, I'm excited for that, that part of it. I think, um, this year they've expanded it. Um, they, they've moved it to a bigger location. They have more teams, they have more people. So I think, um, I think that'll, that'll be fun. The workout specifically, I'm not looking totally forward to, uh, because they're pretty intense but it's, it's all, it's all in good fun, right? Like I, 
I personally haven't been training like at a super high level of intensity um, over the last couple, couple, even couple months. Um, I've been more just focusing on like strength and mobility work for my hip, trying to to get that going, um, which is going well. So it'll be fun to try and like reintroduce myself to some of the uh, higher intensity CrossFit style workouts. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I have been incorporating some, like, more conditioning in my training. So hopefully I'll be a little more prepared than I would have been, like, yeah. a month ago. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you can only get so prepared. But I think it's going to be fun, you know. It's, like, such a – like you mentioned, it's such a fun event, and it's for a really good cause. And uh, I think that's what's going to keep us fired up. We're going to have to – keep each other motivated i think you know yeah for sure yeah and so if you guys haven't if you're just checking this episode out for the first time or you haven't heard us talk about it so me and will um decided to do partner up and do some fundraising for the 24 hours of heroes event which is put on in london ontario which is where uh, i'm currently located um and basically what it is is it's 24 hours of hero crossfit style workouts Uh, where people can either put in a team of four or you can pay to do individual workouts. Um, And the money that they, that they make from that, they put it to wounded warriors, Canada, more specifically what they're doing um, is helping get service dogs into um, like police stations, ambulance um, stations, um, partner them up with um, military veterans, who all like who suffer from PTSD and mostly in general, just using these service dogs to help with post-traumatic stress. Um, so it, which is something that is obviously, um, important. So we're, we're kind of excited to be, to be part of it. If you guys want to, we, we still have our fundraising page open. Um, if you go to the link in our Instagram bio or the link in the show notes, it'll take you to our fundraiser. Um, if you could donate, we'd really appreciate it. Any amount of money would go a long way. Like I've been saying on the, the last couple of podcasts, like if all you can put up is five bucks, like we'll take five bucks, you know, all you can put up is a dollar. We'll take a dollar. Like we just want to get any amount of money that we can to, to put it towards um, this foundation. And I think using our platform um, of the podcast is something that we want to continue to do as we go along is like partner up with some pretty cool foundations that are, that are doing really good stuff in the community and try to help them out the best we can. And thanks to anybody who has donated already. Yeah. And uh, for people that voted for the workouts, uh, I don't know if we should be thanking you necessarily, but thank you. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's today? Yeah. So when this podcast episode goes out, I think, we'll make a, a post on Instagram already about which ones that we're going to do. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be spicy, man. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, let's talk, let's talk physio. Talk <laughs> this, is physio the, eh? this is the PT coffee cast. Oh, um, is it? Yeah. I thought maybe we could, I mean, if you have anything over the last little while that's been popping up um, within clinic that you want to talk about, um, you know, we could kind of just vibe off it and see if we could like help each other out or help anyone else that's listening with some of, some of the same issues. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, when we were just chatting quickly before the podcast, we kind of, we kind of had similar things popping up. Um, 
But I mean, for me, it's basically been uh, the theme in the last couple of weeks has been trying to uh, deal with um, people with complex um, kind of situations um, that are hard to convey certainty with and are hard to uh, establish like I would say appealing goals you know Um, I've been seeing a lot of people with like sciatica related problems kind of like low back uh, problems that are kind of like maybe discogenic in nature and uh, I found that difficult because uh, it's one of those things where it's so brutal that you want it fixed right away and the pathway forward is often a kind of rocky road uh, and is not perfectly obvious all the time you know sometimes you're just trying to do things that aren't as uncomfortable uh, and you're working your way up but I found that very difficult to get people to I, I hate saying this, but like buy in, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's, I feel like that's something that we is challenging with most cases. Right. Um, and it's trying to navigate the uncertainty. I know that's a common, common theme, but it is, it is hard. And I find myself, you know, struggling with the same thing. And I think it comes down to like, trying to come to a common goal with that person that you can have them focus on rather than um, the symptoms that they're dealing with, which can be challenging because like it's hard because these people come in and they're in extremes amount of pain, right? Like they really, they really are. And, and it's probably at that moment in time, super hard for them to really be like, Oh, I'm just going to focus on this goal of me walking, you know, 20 minutes a day, you know, like I'm just in so much pain. Right. So it's hard. I can see why it's hard for people to, to recognize that. And it's hard from us for us clinicians to get people to, to under, to, to buy in to, to those things. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a challenging thing to navigate. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think it really depends on the individual and stuff, but I felt like a lot of people just want to know why they're in pain. And, you know, you're doing your subjective and objective and you're coming up with like things that you feel like might be contributing, but it's also hard because we are working through that process as well. And sometimes you don't have all of your kind of uh, data in front of you very well. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so when they're asking, you know, what is it? What is it? uh, It's hard to come up with a satisfactory answer. Yeah. And I think at that point in time, and, and this is something I've been trying to like implement or think about is like, it's not all going to happen like right away. Like it's definitely not all going to happen on day one. It's definitely not all going to happen maybe within the first couple of weeks of, 
of treating that person like to get them to buy in or trust you like it's that's like a long standing thing so i think what you do what i've been trying to do is just be as upfront and honest as possible with what's going on you know like based off of what that person has said and like just recap of like okay here's what we do know here's what what you have told me here's what we've found through like your assessment here's what i know based on this this scenario of things um and then lay out kind of the the goals or the game plan going forward based off of that information that we currently have and then always reminding them that like things are going to change things are not perfect new things are going to pop up over the course of our care that is going to alter the way that we handle these things um or you know maybe new ideas will pop into my head as a clinician that we can, you know, navigate or go down that, that path of things or add to your care. Like it's so dynamic and fluid. Um, like I think you just have to be upfront about that because that's the honest truth, right? Rather than being like, yeah, you have this, this sciatic pain, like it should be going away. It should go away in this amount of time. Like giving a very like linear, like focused, path for the Mm -hmm. you know um because that's generally not what happens and i think people get frustrated when they they have one expectation of how they think it should go based off of maybe the conversation that was had early on and then when that Mm -hmm. deviates from that that's when people will you know start to get frustrated right yeah totally i i think you're kind of getting into like the idea of like prognosis there Mm -hmm. and something that I've just started to kind of um, like communicate a little bit is not necessarily like, Oh, this is going to be your prognosis. Cause I, I don't know that a lot of time. Right. But explaining what things may help the prognosis be better. Mm. Like, Oh, we know people that uh, don't fear moving with these types of things tend to do better. Mm-hmm. right we know people that don't stop exercising entirely tend to do better yeah like we know people that um are a little more positive about their bodies tend to do better like giving them the the understanding of like this is what i need to do to have a better outcome you know can sometimes help with uh that buy-in yeah no that's a good really good point i like that that idea for sure i definitely would i'm gonna try to be more mindful of that when i'm when i'm talking to people or like bringing that up that's a good point um something else too is like it kind of comes down to reading the person right i think what i struggle with is like when you have people that come in and like are very much like I want like they're insistent on like they need this answer now right and you know in the back of your mind like it just doesn't work it doesn't work like that you know and like it kind of fights with you like how do you navigate that situation right so it's like I found myself still but still doing this but earlier on more just right away being like going away from that and kind of deterring from like giving them one answer that they want and giving them the bigger picture. Like what I think myself is going to be the most beneficial for them, which can be a slippery slope to go down. Um, 
whereas now it's like trying to find ways where you acknowledge and validate what that person is like telling you, even if you don't necessarily agree with their thought process. Like, I feel like that's very important um, thing because you don't want to not validate what they're saying. And sometimes I think with best intentions, like I want to help that person the way that I, that I think would be best for them, but don't validate what they're saying at times. And that's when you can run into trouble. So I think trying to find ways to validate, but not even if you don't agree with it in that moment um, is, is, is tough. And like, I'm still kind of trying to figure out like how, how to do that. Um, because you know, if you at least validate them and, and, and then have them understand that like you're, you're hearing what they're saying and kind of give them a little bit of what they want, hopefully they'll come back, continue to come back and see you. And then that's when that journey of like the relationship and the education process of everything can kind of cultivate itself. And you can, start to like plant little seeds or, or find ways to get them to think about it in a different way. Yeah, totally. I think part of that is like growing as a clinical communicator, you know, Mm -hmm. because, um, like I personally find myself because obviously, and I think you're the same is like, we're, we're naturally empathetic people and we want to get people better. You know, like we want to help people uh, feel better. And when they come in guns a blazing like that, you know, uh, we feel the energy. Mm-hmm. And so you, you feel like you immediately have to uh, cut that energy out of the room when what you should be doing is probably being more of a clinical communicator and like you said, validating what's going on with them and not taking that energy on yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And then slowly working towards, um, potential resolutions or kind of, um, uh, education pieces or whatever it is. But I feel like our national natural inclination is to jump in right away. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good point. And that can kind of transition a little bit into like what I was experiencing is like meeting that person's energy. Like we tend to mimic the people across from us. Right. So like whether we think about it or not, like if someone gets hype, like you generally get hype as well. Right. Or if someone's, someone's like a little quieter or, or, you know, reserved, like you tend to be a little more quieter or reserved and like kind of mimic what they're doing. And I find, I find that that's, tough because I, I I had experience recently where I did that. Um, and you know, the person was frustrated with where things were at. Um, and I kind of, and they had some higher energy and like I met them with that energy and tried to educate the shit out of them. Like, just like, just like trying to me feeling like I'm doing like a really good thing, right? Like talking about that just doing like recaps and like where we're at, like how we've improved, like all of these things, like almost like I felt like I was trying to talk them off the ledge. And then when I reflected back on like the whole conversation, I realized like, ah, I like missed a couple key things because I didn't step back from that energy. And like listening is a big thing that I've been trying to get better at. And like, um, 
and it's easy to say like, oh, like just be better at listening, but like trying to throw little things in, in there to make it like objectively get getting better at it. And I completely, completely did not do that in this situation. And like reflecting back, like I probably could have done a better job because they were telling me what they wanted. Like they were worried that it, we are treating it as a nerve related injury and they've been dealing with it for a while. They've seen progress, but they've plateaued. And like, he feels like, well, maybe it's not nerve related, even, even though like clinical signs and symptoms and everything is pointing towards that. He's worried like, well, maybe it's, maybe it's something more sinister or maybe it's, maybe it's joint related or maybe it's muscle related. Um, and he had talked about maybe seeking out like another healthcare practitioner, like a chiropractor or something. And I heard all of that. Like, I remember that, but in the moment I was just like going off. And like, when I go back, I, I probably could have done a better job of hearing him say those things and then implement ways to reassure him that it was nerve related and that we're going down the right track. So I could have done, you know, a couple different hands-on objective testing to rule out maybe joint or rule out muscle related things to show him that, Hey, like it is still, it is pointing towards nerve. We did all of these things. If it was, if it was more muscle or joint related, we might have, we may have seen more of this with the testing. Right. And then maybe that could have reinforced and call, and kind of showed him like, okay, it is nerve. We're on the right track. Oh yeah. I do remember Dalton saying that these things take a long time and there's up, you know, there's ups and downs and like, we have made a little bit of progress over the last four months and I've been dealing with this for like a year, you know, like all of those things could have been better reminded rather than me just like spewing education at him and like trying to almost verbally talk him off the ledge. Cause that's kind of where I just went to because I was like, wanted to get all that information out to him. Yeah. I think that's natural, right? Because <clears throat> it, <clears throat> Whoa. How now, brown cow? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh it when you hear, oh, you need to work on your listening or something, like I think it sounds super corny and it's like, well, obviously I can listen. I've got two ears, you know mm. what I mean? But uh like the reality is a much more difficult thing because when somebody's coming in and they are in a desperate time and they're in a lot of pain they're really frustrated it it elevates the difficulty that comes with listening you know because the intensity of the moment's higher mm -hmm. so like learning how to do that effectively i think is actually really challenging and to do what you said like it's good reflection but that's hard you know it's hard to uh come to that conclusion that I, right now, what I need to do is validate and reassure uh, with some testing, you know, like that's all comes down to listening skills and communication skills and stuff. Uh, but it's harder than it sounds. Yeah, uh, when you just hear it. It is. It's harder. It's harder than it sounds, especially like when you're in in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, totally. I mean, that's why we do these things. That's why we reflect. So hopefully next time. I don't go off and I, uh, <laughs> I do a little bit more of, in the words of our good friend, Nick Hanna, I do a little bit more of a global listening approach rather than a focused or internal listening approach. 
Ah. You guys haven't seen that post by Mr. Moves. Go check it out. It's pretty fire. So wise. We need to end it on that. We need to end it on a shout out to, to Nick. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be a PT Coffee Cast if we didn't hype Nick Hannah up. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm good. That was good. All right, cool. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode between me and Will. It's kind of a little bit all over the place, but um, it was good for us to, to reconnect and talk about some things that have been going on. Um, if you guys want to follow us, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at the MVMTPTs. You can reach out to us via email, themovementpts at gmail.com. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or have taken value from any one of our other episodes, head over to iTunes, subscribe, um, leave us an honest review. It really helps move our podcast up the charts as well as gives us good feedback so we can keep providing you guys with episodes. And then lastly, please guys, if you could support us for the 24 hours of heroes event, it's coming up in one week from the release of this podcast, me and Will would really appreciate it. This money's going to a great cause. Like I said, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. A cheap cup of terrible coffee costs about one seventy-five to three dollars. Like, don't get the crappy coffee. Donate it to us. <laughs> we really appreciate it. That's all we got for today, guys. We'll see you later. Peace. <laughs>